Church, we are in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, I'll begin reading in verse 7, a message I've entitled, The Sacrifice. The Sacrifice, and again, you already know from the children's sermon what sacrifice I mean. Matthew 26, beginning in verse 7. Please stand together with me out of honor to God and His Word as I read. Beginning in verse 17. Verse 7, excuse me, verse 7. There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. Thank you. you may be seated. Looking at the sacrifice this morning and this particular sacrifice of perfume. Well, after being away on business, a husband thought it would be nice to bring his wife a gift. So he went to the store and he told the clerk all about it. Well, the clerk suggested, how about some perfume? And she showed him a bottle costing $100. Well, the man said, that's a bit much. So she returned with a smaller bottle for $50. The husband said, you know, that's still quite a bit. So growing annoyed, the clerk brought back a small $15 bottle. What I mean, said the husband, I'd like to see something really, really cheap. So the clerk handed him a mirror. <laughs> Let's look this morning at the sacrifice. By way of introduction, this same story that we read in Matthew 26 is also told to us in Mark 14 and John chapter 12. And while we don't know from Matthew's account what this lady's name is, we do know that she was actually Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. She was the woman. And Mary, as I told the children, she poured this ointment on Jesus' head, according to verse 7. Then when you read in John chapter 12, you find out she poured the ointment on Jesus' feet. And so Jesus was covered from head to toe with this ointment, from his head down to his feet. Now, anointing, that might sound strange to us today in our culture, but it was very common at feasts back then. It was very common at a feast. And in fact, the guest of honor would be expected to be anointed. And there is no greater guest of honor than Jesus, to have Jesus in your house. And so he would have expected to be anointed, and indeed he was. And then the part about the story that really kind of gets us is that once she put that ointment on his head and on his feet, then she wiped Jesus' feet with her so that's the story. We probably all know the story. So let's see what else is in there for us today. First of all, I want us to look at the sacrifice made. The sacrifice made. Mary offered expensive perfume. In John's account, John says it was 300 denarii. Mark's account says it was more than 300 denarii. And that, what that means is it was worth about a year's wages. So think what you make, the income you bring in in a year, that's how much this was worth that she put on Jesus' head on his feet and wiped it with her hair, about one year's wages. Now, if you look in verse 8, the disciples thought it was wasteful. They didn't like what happened. It says when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. They were angry, saying, to what purpose is this waste? They said in verse 9, you could have sold that and given the money to the poor. That certainly sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a noble idea. And that's why they were so upset. You're wasting this on him when we could sell it a year's wages and give it to the poor. But I want you to notice how Jesus responded. I didn't read this. Verse 11. For you have the poor always with you, but me you don't have always. He says the poor are always going to be around. 
This is just a fact of living in a sin-cursed world. You're always going to have poor. You're always going to have sick. You're always going to have needy. That's just part of living in the world where we do. He said, you're always going to have them. But then he says, opportunities to serve me are running out. Opportunities to serve me are running out. Again, you have the poor always with you, but me you don't always have. But where was Jesus going? Why would he say that? He said, I'm not going to be around. But we all know Jesus was on his way to the cross. And shortly after the cross, he would be ascending into heaven. So he says, she's taking this opportunity while I'm here to serve me, but I'm not going to be here. And it won't be long, I'll be gone. And so Mary offered this sacrifice, and Jesus accepted it. You know, many unbelievers today see our sacrifices as wasteful. Many unbelievers see the sacrifices we make as being wasteful. The time that we offer to worship. Like coming here today, you guys made a sacrifice to be here today to worship God. Your unbelieving friends or unbelieving neighbors think you should still be in bed or they think you should be out raking your leaves or doing something else. They say you're wasting your time coming to church to worship. As you volunteer your time to serve in the church or outside the church, they think you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Time is precious. We all have the same amount, and it's limited. And so you shouldn't be wasting your time, they would say. So many unbelievers see our sacrifices to God as wasteful, whether it's our time or our money. As we share our tithes and our offerings, as we help the poor, they think you're wasting your money. Couldn't you do something else with that? But let's be quite frank. Even some Christians don't like the church to spend money. They don't want the church to spend money either. But church expenses must be seen as investments. Investments in the kingdom and investments in eternity. This is how Jesus talked about investing in eternity in Matthew 6.20. He says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. And so the church spends money. But we spend money as in investing in the kingdom and investing in eternity. So we see sacrifice made. Mary made this sacrifice. Secondly, I want us to see sacrifice prophesied. Sacrifice prophesied. Mary expressed an action of genuine love, but unknowingly to her, she prophesied Jesus' coming death. Look in verse 12 what Jesus says. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. She didn't know Jesus was going to die, at least not, not shortly. She didn't know that. So she just acted out of genuine love, but unknowingly she prophesied Jesus' coming death. And not only that, she prophesied Jesus' hasty burial. As you read the story in the Gospel accounts, you find out there wasn't enough time because of the, of the impending Sabbath. There wasn't enough time to prepare Jesus' dead body the way they normally would. And so they had to do it real, real quick. Well, she's taking care of the anointing way ahead of time. And so unbeknownst to her, she prophesied Jesus' coming death. Her act prophesied Jesus' hasty burial. And by the way, Jesus' hasty burial, even this was divinely intended because it set up Easter. The fact that Jesus had to be hastily buried set up Easter, what we call Easter. You know why? Because had Jesus been properly buried, no one may have noticed the empty tomb right away. You remember the story. The women came to the tomb early Easter morning because they wanted to finish what they couldn't finish Friday. And when they get there, they find the empty tomb and the angel and so on. So even the fact that Jesus was hastily buried, that was part of God's plan so that we could have Easter. I don't mean the chocolate and the bunny rabbits. I don't mean that. 
but Easter might have happened a week later when folks came by to look at the tomb or something. But they came to finish what they couldn't finish right before the Sabbath, and that sets up Easter. But I want you to know that Mary's act foreshadowed yet another prophecy. You know the Christmas story, but you might not know this. It's my favorite part of the Christmas story. The Bible tells us that wise men brought myrrh to Jesus. The wise men. Jesus was only maybe two years old or younger. But anyway, they brought myrrh to Jesus. Now, I don't know if you know what myrrh is, but myrrh was used to anoint the dead. So when you had a dead body, this was part of the embalming process. Now, I've always thought it was strange that you would bring a child anointing for death until you find out that Jesus was born to die. I mean, we're all going to die, right? But Jesus was born specifically to die, to die on the cross to pay for your sins and mine. And so when you understand that, it makes sense that the wise men would bring this anointing for dead body to a young child. But here's why I say that Mary's act foreshadowed this other prophecy. The word ointment used here in Matthew 26 is the Greek word myron from which we get the word myrrh. So what did Mary anoint Jesus with from head to toe? Myrrh. Why? Because Jesus was going to die. And he even said so. He said, she's anointing me for my burial. As you and I express our love for God and service to him, we may not always realize the impact that we're having. Mary didn't realize. She was just acting out of love. She was demonstrating her love for Jesus. She didn't realize that that act was prophesying his coming death. She didn't realize that that act was prophesying Jesus' hasty burial. She didn't realize it was going to make us think of Christmas 2,000 years later. She didn't realize that. She was just loving Jesus and demonstrating her love. So we, when we serve God, we may not realize the impact we're having. But our service should be to please God, not to make an impact. But just know this, when you genuinely serve God from your heart, he will use it to make an impact that perhaps you couldn't even ever imagine. So we see the sacrifice made. Mary made this very expensive sacrifice. We see the sacrifice prophesied. Little, bit, little did she know that she was prophesying Jesus' death and hasty burial. Let's look thirdly at sacrifice remembered. Sacrifice remembered. Jesus promised that Mary would be remembered. I didn't read it, but look at verse 13. Truly I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial to her. Jesus promised that Mary and her act of sacrifice here would be remembered. In saying this, Jesus was foreshadowing the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Do you remember the Great Commission, what Jesus said? Here's Mark's version of it in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, Jesus hadn't said that yet, but he says here, when the gospel goes to the whole world, you're going to be remembered. And so he's foreshadowing his own Great Commission that the gospel would go to the world, and as it went, the gospel would include her sacrificial gift to him. And so has Mary been remembered as Jesus promised? Well, first of all, we know that Mary is eternally memorialized in God's word. You see, God's word is not temporary. God's word is eternal. And Mary is eternally memorialized in God's word. So is she remembered? Yes, she is. But Mary is remembered elsewhere. Think about this. There are billions of Bibles in multiple languages around the world. 
It doesn't matter what language. If you can read, you can get a copy of the Bible in your language, and you can read about many things. One of whom you can read about is Mary. What about preachers and teachers around the world? What about a preacher in La Plata, Maryland today talking about Mary? Jesus promised you'll be remembered, and we're some 2,000 years later, and in La Plata, Maryland, she's being remembered. Man, when Jesus makes a promise, he means it. You can count on it. But I wonder, as we reflect on her being remembered, what are you doing that will be remembered long after you're gone? What are you doing that will be remembered long after you're gone? What are you doing in the earthly realm? Because that's where most people focus on their legacy. You know, they want to have, maybe they want to have a statue built of them, or they want something named after them, or whatever. Uh, what are you doing that will be remembered long after you're gone, earthly speaking? But more importantly, what are you doing that will be remembered long after you're gone, eternally speaking? And I will tell you the most important thing you can do eternally is actually for yourself. And that is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Believe that he died on the cross to pay for your sins. That he was buried for your sins. And the third day he rose again from the dead. And when you believe in Jesus, when you receive him as your Savior, he forgives you of your sins. He grants you eternal life that doesn't begin sometime later. It begins now and lasts throughout eternity. What are you doing that will be remembered long after you're gone? Earthly more importantly, eternally. But I would say this morning that modeling Mary's character is the greatest memorial to her. If we can take Mary's character and model some of those aspects of her character, that would be the greatest memorial to her. Let's look at some of those things. First of all, she was willing to give sacrificially. She was willing to give sacrificially. Remember, this was very expensive perfume. A year's wages, whatever that is for you, a year's wages, and she gave it sacrificially. She didn't give out of abundance. She gave out of love, but she gave sacrificially. Do you give sacrificially to God, whatever you give? As you give your time, do you do so sacrificially? As you give your talents, do you do so sacrificially? As you give your treasures, do you do so sacrificially? Do you give out of abundance, or do you give out of love? Secondly, Mary was willing to serve despite criticism. See, when she demonstrated this act of love, she was criticized, roundly criticized. But she wasn't ashamed to show her love for Jesus. Here's the criticism in Mark 14 and verse 5. The, the disciples are upset. It says, for it might have been sold for more than 300 pence, and they had been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. They were criticizing, they were complaining, and yet she went on through with it. She was willing to serve despite criticism. You see, hers was not a private devotion only. Now, I have a private devotion to Jesus, but I also have a public devotion. I'm not ashamed, right? And you may have a private devotion for Jesus Christ, and that's fine. But you and I should not just have a private devotion. We should have a public devotion for Jesus Christ. And hers was public and private. And even though these people were complaining and criticizing, she said, you know what? I love him, and I don't care who knows about it. I'm going to do this for him. Thirdly, I want you to see that Mary kept her priorities straight. She kept her priorities straight. She could have sold that perfume, a year's wages worth, and given to the poor. She could have done that. Or she could have directly served Jesus. What did she do? She chose service to God over the poor. 
Now, I'm not saying the poor aren't important. I'm not saying the poor shouldn't be ministered to by us. In fact, just about a, a couple weeks ago, I talked about how it's so important that we, we do give abundantly to the poor. In fact, I also told you Jesus said, when we serve the poor, we serve him. Okay? But the fact of the matter, she had an opportunity. She could sell that and give to the poor, or she could minister directly to Jesus. She kept her priorities straight. She said, Jesus is more important, and he is. And so modeling Mary's character is the greatest memorial to her. Giving sacrificially, serving despite criticism, keeping her priorities straight. How about this? She was available to be used by God. She was available to be used by God. She was unaware her act would have this prophetic ministry, that Jesus was going to die, that Jesus would be buried hastily, and that we'd be reminded of Christmas 2,000 years later. She didn't know all that was going on. Yet that's what God did with it. You see, God doesn't need our ability. He wants our availability. He just wants you to make yourself available to him, to use however he needs. And again, you may not realize as you're serving him, you may not realize the impact you're having because you're not serving him to make an impact. You're serving him because you love him, and then he uses your service to make an impact in ways that you could never imagine. Again, God doesn't need our ability. He wants our availability. And lastly, I want you to see that Mary humbled herself before the master. She got down there. I showed you a picture. That wasn't an actual photograph, but I showed you a picture. She got down there at his feet. She poured the ointment on his feet. Then she takes her hair and she wipes his feet with her hair. She was humbled before the master. Humility is where our relationship with Christ must begin. You don't come to Jesus and say, Jesus, look, I'm all that. You need me. You, you deserve me. No. You come to Jesus and you say, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. And I need your grace. I'm nobody. I'm nothing but I offer myself to you. That's what Mary did. That's what we do. But here's what's interesting. When you humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says the humble will be exalted. Here's a couple places. James 4.10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Or how about 1 Peter 5.6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. She humbled herself before the master, and then what did he do? He took her humility and he exalted her and he said, nobody's ever going to forget you wherever the gospel goes over the whole world. He exalted her. You humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ. You admit that you're a sinner and you need him as your savior and he will exalt you. By grace through faith, he will make you a child of God and you will live forever in heaven with him for eternity. Now, if that's not exaltation, I don't know what is. And so today we've seen the sacrifice made. We've seen the sacrifice prophesied. We've seen the sacrifice remembered. But lastly, I want us to look at the sacrifice fulfilled. The sacrifice fulfilled. Jesus ultimately fulfilled Mary's sacrifice. Just like the alabaster box, his body was broken open. It was broken open by on his back from the scourging when, when the Roman guard took that whip, cat of nine tails, it had little bits of bone and, and glass in it and was whipping him and it was ripping his skin off. His body was broken open, his back from the scourging, his head from the crown of thorns that they jammed down in there, his wrists and his ankles from the nails that they used to nail him to the cross, his side from the spear. Like the alabaster box, his body was broken open. And like the perfume, he was emptied out. 
Paul talks about that in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 7. Speaking of Jesus, he said, But he made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him, and given a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Like the perfume he was emptied out. The Greek in this verse here in Philippians chapter 2, the, the prime Greek word is the word kenoto, which is uh, kenosis in English, which means to pour out. So Jesus was not just broken open. He was poured out. Jesus emptied his self-will. Jesus, as a human being, did not want to be nailed to a cruel Roman cross. And we know that because the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays three times, Lord, take this from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Nobody in his right mind would want to go to the cross. But Jesus here emptied his self-will. He was obedient to the cross. He emptied his glory and honor. It says here he humbled himself. He emptied his blood. Again, through all those places where he was broken open, he emptied his blood. And that reminds us of Hebrews 9.22 that says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And ultimately and finally, he emptied his life. Why? For you and for me. And so Jesus ultimately fulfilled this sacrifice. Like the alabaster box, his body was broken open. Like the perfume, he was emptied out, he was poured out. And like Mary, his humiliation became his exaltation. Again, look at the end of the verse I still have up there, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because he humbled himself, because he was obedient, because he went to the cross in humiliation, God says, here comes your exaltation. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that you are Lord. Now, I don't say this boastfully, but by God's grace, I have humbled myself before the Lord Jesus Christ. I have admitted that I'm a sinner. I have received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I believe he died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe he was buried for my sins. I believe he rose again from the dead for me. And because of that, I will spend eternity with him in heaven. My humiliation has become my exaltation. That's the way God does business. What about you? Have you humbled yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you bowed the knee to him? Have you admitted that you're a dirty, rotten sinner, that you need a Savior? Humble yourself, and he will lift you up. Mary humbled herself. He lifted her up. I humbled myself. He lifted me up. He humbled himself, and God the Father lifted him up. That's the way God does business. Have you humbled yourself before him? In humility. I have admitted that Jesus Christ is Lord. Have you done the same? 
If so, your humiliation will become your exaltation, but only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And so today, as we looked at what should have been a very familiar story about Mary anointing the feet of Jesus, we see she made the sacrifice, a very expensive sacrifice, a year's wages. And while everybody else thought it was wasteful, Jesus didn't. He accepted it. Secondly, we looked at the sacrifice prophesied. Mary didn't know it, what she was doing other than showing love to Jesus, but her act was prophetic of Jesus' coming death, of his hasty burial, and even of Christmas. And then we looked at the sacrifice remembered. Jesus said, everywhere this gospel goes in the whole world, people are going to talk about you, Mary. It's even true in La Plata in 2023. We're still talking about Mary. And lastly, we look at the sacrifice fulfilled. Just like that alabaster box, Jesus' body was broken open. Just like the perfume, he was emptied out, he was poured out. Why? To show his love for you and to show his love for me. To pay for our sins that we might spend eternity with him. All that's left to do is for us to receive what he has already done. Have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Have you believed that he died on the cross to pay for your sins, was buried and rose again the third day? It doesn't happen automatically now. You need to receive Christ as your Savior. But having received him, that's all that must need to be done. Nothing else. Nothing else. Don't have to join the church. Don't have to be baptized. These things are important. They're not required. It's Jesus plus nothing. And you will live forever in heaven with him. Humble yourself. Like Jesus humbled himself like Mary humbled herself, like by God's grace I have humbled myself, and he will lift you up even to eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Mary's example, she set. Help us to model her character, but all for your honor and all for your glory. If there are those here who have yet to receive Christ as Savior, give them grace and faith to believe. For the rest of us who are believers, may we model her sacrifice in our daily lives. Thanking you in Jesus' name. Amen.